0: Well, we are starting a new series this morning and it is going to be great and it's the overcoming series. I really sense that God wants us to move from where we are to take more ground in our own personal life. Even when we begin to ask Christ to come into our life, there is a demand by the Spirit of God that we would change into the image of Jesus. Paul talks about being changed from glory to glory into the image of Jesus and this is the challenge that we face when we are wrestling with who we are and the habits and the thoughts and the ideas that are contrary to the word of God we must make that shift and sometimes these things that stop us are the areas of overcoming and overcoming obviously fear at the beginning of the year we started in the book of genesis and as we were reading through i was incredibly impacted by a theme that i saw throughout genesis in men and women in their lives and that was the the theme of fear i just i just felt like god's spirit was drawing me to the thought of how men and women feared god And it starts at the very beginning if we turn to genesis chapter 3 verse 8 and 10 this is what it says so this is post adam and eve taking of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and eating it and they realize that there is a change not only within them but in their relationship with god And this is what it says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, what a great setting, that cool evening breeze blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden, here comes God. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees, hide and seek is taking place. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where are you, Adam? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. The first words that we hear from Adam and Eve after disobedience is, I was afraid, so I hid. First words. The result of sin is fear. This is the first emotion that we see that is unveiled past sin. First emotion, fear. The fear factor has been part of mankind since that time. Fear will cause you to hide. Fear will cause you to think about the repercussions of your disobedience. It's been part of the human psyche since that moment. Let me just give you an example of what I discovered as I was reading through Genesis. And it was really astonishing to me that both men and women feared. First, Adam hid because he was afraid. Then Abraham feared. The man of faith, the great man of faith, feared. Sarah feared. Lot feared. Isaac feared. Jacob feared, Rachel feared, Judah feared, Joseph feared. And that's just in the first few chapters of Genesis. If we run to the New Testament, Joseph of Arimathea feared when he went to get Jesus' body. He was afraid. Paul the apostle, it says that he was that he feared. The things on the outside, but also there was a fear on the inside in his life. That's 2 Corinthians 7, five. Fear on the inside. Imagine the great Apostle Paul, who had been whipped and beaten in the ocean. I mean, he was chased out of cities. He was hungry. He was naked. It was all things. And he said, I feared. The early church, it says, was gripped with fear. You know, sometimes we think when we read about these great men and women of God that they never feared anything. I think Samson must have feared. Do you know Jesus even feared? And you go, what? Well, the scripture tells us that he was subject to every condition that man faced. And he's able to sympathize with us when we fear. Sometimes they feared for no reason at all, because in their circumstances, they thought something terrible was going to take place. You know, I loved Psalm 23, but it always comes to me when David says, "Even, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not the reality of death, a shadow." Will fear no evil. The thing about fear is the outcome. Fear is the result, friends, of the possibility of experiencing pain and repercussions. I remember when I was in grade one and at little lunch, I don't know if they have little lunch or big lunch, but do, do, do you remember little lunch? Little lunch was a short time. And at little lunch, we were told, don't go on the slides. You know, they were those great metal slides that as you went down, you actually didn't go down real fast and your legs would stick to the steel. Well, guess what I did at little lunch? I went on the big slide and all these kids were going, he's going on the big slide, he's got his little lunch, he's going on the big slide. And I'm up the slide and I'm going... (laughs) until I got to the bottom of the slide and guess who was waiting for me a teacher Oh, you know that feeling where your head just starts to swoon and you think man I was six years old and he said to me this teacher you go up and see the principal oh my knees were weak but being a man of God and believing that I didn't have to do everything that everything, everyone told me to do I didn't go I went back in the class now here's a funny thing my desk was next to the window where the veranda was and there was the porch do you remember the porch you know so I'm sitting there and thinking I have escaped the great wrath as I'm sitting there the teacher who told me to go and see the principal was standing outside the window and guess who he's talking to? The principal. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm a dead man, I'm a dead man. I was a little boy, but I'm dead, I'm dead. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm sitting there like this and trying to make my size a bit smaller than what I was. And I think, don't look, don't look, don't look. I tell you, that fear was as real as if I was facing a lion. And I was just on a slippery slide. When I was growing up, when I was seven, we moved to a new house that my mum and dad had built up in Kamira. And it was a long house. And the lounge was down this end where the TV was. And the bathroom and the toilet was down this end. It was about 30 feet. And every now and then, you'd have to go to the bathroom. And my dad, being a good Scotsman, said, turn off all the lights. So the house was in complete darkness, except in the lounge. Who has a dad who walks around turning off the lights? Or who had a dad that would walk around and turn off the lights? I'm a dad who walked around and turned off the lights. Thank you, I see that hand. Jackie, Alex. And as a seven-year-old... The thought of going to the bathroom in the darkness was frightening. But you would hang out for as long as you could. And then eventually you would, you'd have to go, and I would run like the flash. I would be in there and I'm thinking, the monsters are going to get me. The monsters are going to get me. And I would do my thing and run back and I go... You know after 13 years of that practice I realized that I was able to go to the bathroom as a 20 year old and not experience finding a monster because you see that's what fear does to our mind it invades our mind of the possibilities of repercussions and pain we're going to experience even when it's not a reality There are over 400 different fears that are listed today if you Google them. 400. And fear can be a crippling emotion that stops us moving forward in God. They can be legitimate, even though they don't exist. uh, Sorry, a legitimate fear of what may take place. But this morning, I want to talk to you about fears that exist that will hinder you in your Christian life. Things that will stop you from growing in your faith. Because the enemy doesn't want you to grow in your faith. The enemy wants you to stay where you are in this area. And those fears, we must overcome. God has called us that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We are overcomers. We overcome the fear of our mind, the fear in our heart, the fear of the unknown, the fear that people may come against us in our faith, we are called to overcome fear. Can someone say, yes, we are. Fear can also be a spirit. When I first got saved, and uh, I got saved out of a New Wave band, and I was uh, taking drugs, and I was doing all those things, But I got dramatically saved Christ came into my life set me free one night I'm laying in bed and I could feel hands around my throat squeezing the life out of me and I didn't know what was going on but I know now it was a spirit of fear and I could feel these hands with my eyes wide open there was nothing there it was a spirit of fear that came and tried to control me and, and condemn me. And the only way that I could get rid of it was somehow I knew that if I said the name of Jesus, that it would break. And I lay in that bed sweating that night and I just said, ch- 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 Jesus! And that broke the power of the hold of fear in my life. So fear can be a spirit, it can be real, it can be tangible. But folks, let me tell you this, because you know this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Fear does not come from God. Full stop. If you're in a situation and you begin to fear, it's not from God. Fear is an emotion that we will contend with all of our life. We call it for what it is, but God has given us power. So let's just consider this morning, Abraham. Abraham, the man of faith. In Genesis chapter 12, Abraham is called by God. And God gives him promises. If you have your Bible, quickly turn to it and I will mention it because I think it is so powerful. What God promises Abraham. And there's six incredible promises that he gives him. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country and your relatives and your family, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. So God promises revelation, I will show you. And then he says, I will make you into a great nation. He's given the promise that there will be greatness, Who will be made into a great nation, and I will bless you. There is the blessing of God that comes upon people's lives. And I will make you famous. God promises that he will make him with a name of renown. And we still know the name of Abraham today. And you will be a blessing to others. He has the blessing of reciprocation where he gives out. How powerful is that? And I will bless you and bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you and treat you with Contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. That is one powerful promise given. Would you say yes? That is the promise of Abraham by faith. Now you would think by having a great promise like that, your life would be dramatically changed and you would then just go on without holding back anything and live the most powerful life you could possibly live. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, it says this. Sometimes later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid. He says to him, Don't be afraid. And then God says this For I will protect you and your reward will be great. Yes. Do not be afraid. I will protect you. Who's pleased that God has given us promises? The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. The promise is for us. Promise that we will be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. Promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. Some people believe that God hasn't given them the promise, but they're there for you to search out and find. Even if you just find one, I'm telling you, God is saying that you have a promise. We all have at least one incredible promise. So we see Abraham here, Genesis 12, incredible promise of God. And Genesis 15, not to be afraid. Your reward will be great. I will protect you. Yet five chapters later, a short amount of time, we see that Abraham is afraid. He fears for his own life. Imagine that. Even after receiving the word of God and the promise of God not to be afraid, he fears. He fears. And it's the same situation that he fears in Genesis 12, when himself and Sarah go into Egypt. And Pharaoh hears about the report of how beautiful Sarah is. And Abraham fears. But God says, don't be afraid. And now he goes and the word goes out again how beautiful Sarah is. And King Abimelech calls for her because Abraham is afraid. But God has told him not to be afraid. But he fears. My goodness, friends, God has told us that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But power, love and a sound mind. Promise, just like Abraham. You see, Abraham feared loss. He feared the loss of his wife, the loss of his own life. But God said, don't. In Genesis chapter 22, we have the story where God commands Abraham to take his one and only son through whom the promise of all those things that were promised in Genesis 12 would come through. A satisfied life full not fearing is the Lord with you yes has he promised to never leave you nor forsake you yes he is with you he hasn't given us fear God is with us this is what Paul said Hebrews 13 verse 6 he says it's so we can say with confidence the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. No fear in any circumstance. He says, so I will have no fear. What? what can mere people do to me? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Who? This is what I would love to put in there in that scripture. Who in their right mind would be against us? If God is for us, and he is. And then you say... Pastor, you say trust, you say, Pastor, don't let fear get, but how, how, how? Folks, as I was praying about this message, I, I said, Lord, how can I help the church not to fear? And I'm speaking to myself as well. What, what are some of the, the practical steps? And these two words came into my mind. And it was very, very clear. I just felt that impression, you know. It wasn't an audible voice. I've never heard God's audible voice. I don't know if I want to hear God's audible voice. Jimmy, yes, Lord. But I felt this impression these two words traffic lights. Traffic lights. And I said, Yes, Lord, your servant is listening. Traffic lights. Have you noticed today how people run traffic lights? I was up here at the Graceful Five Ways, the light was green and there was a car going in front of me and I thought, what is going on? I'm sure you've seen it so many times when, you know, people racing through traffic lights. It's It's crazy, absolute crazy. So because perhaps you've done that, I'm not saying that you have, I'm just saying perhaps. I don't want you to put your hand up, all right? That would be terrible. But just so we can clarify what we're supposed to do at traffic lights. Are you ready? So green means... Oh, that's very good. Yellow means... Go faster? No. That's why I'm clarifying it this morning. Amber does not mean speed up, go faster, hang on to your hat, don't open your eyes. Amber means what? Slow down. Say it with me. Slow down. One more time just so it's absolutely clear. Slow down. And red means? Stop. Stop. said go (laughs) red means stop amber means slow down green means go I want you to think about the series of these lights and what happens in them you're driving along you're having a great time there's a great song on the radio you're singing, the wind is in your hair. It's a warm, balmy day of 34 degrees with a humidity of 90%. Oh, wonderful, glorious day! Blue sky is not a cloud and the birds are singing as you're driving at the speed limit down the road. You've got a drink, you've got a black coffee there and a donut, no donuts, we don't eat donuts. And and you're just enjoying it. And as you're going and, and, and it's going and... Life is green, and this green light life, and you're going. Then all of a sudden, what happens? Amber, amber comes to you. So what do you do? <sighs> this is an interactive sermon, folks. You've got to work with me. The longer you take, the longer I take. Green light, you're driving, and blah, 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 wind in your hair, all the rest of it. Amber comes, and you slow down. And then you what? Stop green, amber, red. When you experience life and greeners go and fear comes in the door, I want you to think amber, amber, slow down. Whatever the circumstance is, whatever is going on, if the boss wants to see you in his office, slow down. You slow down and then you what? Stop. Job in the Bible has an incredible character reference. Job chapter one, verse one. Listen to this character reference there once was a man named job who lived in the land of Uz. wouldn't it be cool if he lived in the land of oz just got to change the u to an o he lived in the land of Uz. he was a blameless man a man of complete integrity he feared god and that fear there is reverence to god that means he understands that God is God and he reverence God as God. And here's the last part. And he stayed away from evil. So when there was evil, he goes, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Evil's there. What a great reference. Job 1.1. Then something terrible happens to Job. He loses everything except his wonderful wife. Listen to Job 3.25. After Job has lost everything, he says this, what I always feared has come upon me. When I read that, I scratch my head. Here is a righteous man, a blameless man, honours God who is God and stays away from evil, but what is in the back of his mind? Fear. The thing that I feared has come against me. Really, Job? Really? You feared? You feared losing everything? In chapter 4, verse 7, there's a guy, his name is Eliphaz. He's the Temanite. Eliphaz, the Temanite, is a smarty pants. You ever, ever worked with a smarty pants who knows everything? You know, and you're just walking, you're going, oh, gee, I don't know how to do this. I know how to do that. (laughs) The smarty pants, you know, maybe you've got one in your family, knows everything. All right, I I apologize. Anyway, Eliphaz, the smarty pants temanite. Even though he's a smarty pants, he says something really, really clever. In chapter 4, verse 7, after Job says... That which I feared has come upon me. Listen to what he says. Eliphaz the Temanite says this. By the way, Eliphaz, oh yeah, it was a smarty pants. You know that now. It says this. Eliphaz says, Stop and think. Do the innocent die? When have the upright been destroyed? Job is sitting there, he's in the dust. It's covered in boils. he scraped them all off. His friends are around him. And he says, that which I fear has come upon me. And Eliphaz says this. When have the upright ever been destroyed? And it's true. When? Let me give you a spiritual term. When you stop and think. Remember, green go, amber slow, red stop. And when you get to stop, you have to what? Think. Psalm 46 verse 10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. If you are in a fearful situation and life is taking hold of you, things aren't going great, there's trouble in the economy, your house floods, your church floods. You've got challenges going on left, right and center. Things are going on. You just slow down and you stop and think that God is God and God is with you. Be still and know that I am God. Don't let fear get in the door. Stop and think. You don't think about puppy dogs and butterflies and pizza. You stop and think. God is God and God is still on the throne and He hasn't given me the spirit of fear. I just have to trust God. And in trusting God, you need to have wisdom. And wisdom comes, as James says, If anyone lacks wisdom, what are they supposed to do? Ask. Ask. When you are in a fearful situation, this is what I want you to do, folks. I want you to slow down. I want you to stop. I want you to think God is God. And I want you to ask these questions. And when you ask these questions, you can get a handle on the fear that is before you. Here's the first question. Where is this fear coming from? Where is this fear coming from? Is this fear real or is this fear imagined? Now, if this fear is real and you are in danger, then get out of the way. I saw a clip by a gentleman who was a world champion UFC fighter, you know, had the big belt and all the rest of it. And he was, man, he was huge. He was big and, you know, he had scars on his face. And he said this, he says, if I'm walking down the street and someone comes up to me and wants to fight me, do you know what I do? He says, I run away. I run away. He says, when there's danger... He says, I don't fear the danger. He said, I just run away. I get out of the way. If the fear is real and you sense that, that something is going to happen, it's not good, run away. Run, Forrest. Run. Get out of the way. I saw a, a video of a, a gentleman who was a, a self-defense guy. He you know, was right up the top and had another guy who had a sword. And he says, I'm going to teach you how to uh, you know, survive If you're in a sword fight and you don't have a sword. So the guy pulled out the sword and he went like this and he said, Right, ready. What do you think the guy did? He ran away. He ran away. When there's fear and there's danger, run. But what if it's imagined and you think something is going to happen? Have you ever had that feeling when you thought about something and you thought, Man, this is going to happen. And it never, ever happened happens can i see a show of hands please oh no big big you know you thought something bad was going to happen and it never did i got called into the boss's office once and i thought i'm i, I took over as the general manager of the company and i'm working in this country and he said i want to see you in my office thanks and i'm thinking what did i do what did i do what did i do but you don't do that you never think like that I walked into that room and I sat down. And he says, "We want to give you a bonus of five thousand dollars. There you go." I never thought that, because you see, the default of our thinking, when there's something that is not set, will go to fear, and God hasn't given you fear. If it's imagined, you have to deal with the fact. What is the real? I don't know what's going to happen. of the times, the thing that we fear do not come upon us. So is it real or is it imagined? Where is this fear coming from? Is it real or is it imagined? And here's the third one. How can I overcome the fear? Very simply, if it's real, then you move away from the threat. If it's in your imagination, you need to overcome that by calling on the name of the Lord, if it's real, if it's imagined, sorry. You combat the imagination by taking it captive. You capture that imagination. That thought, you, you're, your thinking will come from three places. It will come from the Holy Spirit, from the Lord. It will come from you, and it can come from a demonic activity. That's where they come from. So you've got to ask, where's this coming from? What I got to do? If it's imagined and it builds up inside you, then you've got to take that thought captive. 2 Corinthians ten, verse five. This is what Paul said. We demolish arguments. You ever had an argument in your own mind, or is it just me? Help me here. You're looking like a like I'm a rock on a stump. Have you ever had an argument in your mind? I don't think this will happen. That will happen. I wonder if this is going to happen. You've got to take captive that thought. You've got to demolish every argument, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take it captive and we make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean? When a thought comes to my mind and says, you're not very good, are you? And I've done nothing wrong. You're not really smart. Do you know, for years, folks, and I mean years, I never thought I was smart. Never. I never thought I could go to university and study. I never thought I was that smart. But you know what? I took hold of that thought and I made it obedient to Christ. And God took part of my life when I said, I can do this. And you know what? I did it. I got a degree. And I thought, that's amazing i just got to capture that thought and I put it against the knowledge of Christ. If God says that you are hopeless, man, you take captive that thought and you line it up with the Word of God and you say, I have hope. I have hope. God never wants you to be alone. God never wants you to be down. He wants you to be the head. He, wants you, he doesn't want you to be the tail in anything. You've got to capture those thoughts and you make it obedient to Christ, what Christ says about you. Do you know why I always say to you, read the word of God? It's not because I want to punish you. It's because I want you to to grow in the knowledge of what God says about you. Why? Because it's truth. And what does truth do for you? It sets you free, brothers and sisters. It sets you free. Netflix is never going to set you free. Stan's never going to set you free. B105 or the ABC or the CBC or whatever there is, that won't set you free. But the Word of God will set you free because you get it and you take it, make it part of your life. And when fear comes in, you speak against that fear with truth. And you stand on the Word of God and you confess it because that is truth. That's how you overcome fear. When I say we speak the truth, Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says this, they overcame the enemy, the devil. The thoughts in your own mind can be your enemy. Thoughts from other people about you can be the enemy. They overcame the enemy, the spiritual enemy, the devil. Because the saints of God overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice of Jesus upon the cross and The word of their testimony. What's your testimony about you? Because the testimony about you should be the testimony that God has about you. It's not what I say. It's what he says. Because what he says is truth. We overcome fear by truth. And you might have to stand for a season. You might have to get someone to stand with you and come alongside you, and speak truth with you, and confess that truth together. I tell you, folks, this is truth. But fear will come, for sure. You know, when we were building this building, we had a certain amount of money that we had set aside to build it. And if you've ever built anything it's always going to cost you far more than you ever thought and the builder was building and then they said we need to have an engineer to have a look at this and you know what i said what do you think the first words were out of my mouth how much is that going to cost how much is that going to cost because where did the fear go the fear went straight to the bank account and it's 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 going like this because that's what we had allocated. Oh, we've got to get the electrician to do this. How much is that going to cost? Oh, the council wants us to do a, a test of this about the trees in the place. How much is that going to cost? How much is that going to cost? And you know what? Well, you're all sleeping like this. I'm going, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Because you've never done that in your life ever when you've been under pressure, have you? Yeah. Liar. <laughs> and do you know what? I, just, I got to a stage where I said, I'm fed up. I'm, f- I'm fed up being afraid. And I said, God, you're going to have to come through. I'm just going to trust you. And do you know what? He did. He did. It's amazing. Trust in the Lord with all your might. Lean not to your own what? The brain box, folks. In all your ways, what? Thank you, Jesus, I see you. And he will? How cool is that? Folks, I know what it's like to be afraid. And I know what it's like to stand on the word of God. And I choose to stand on the word of God. And I want you to stand on the word of God to overcome fear. Stand with me this morning. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Now, I know. I know the reality of what fear is like. And then you may be having a fear right now. And I acknowledge that as real. A few years ago, I had panic attacks and I didn't know what was going on. First time we got flooded, 2011, Uh, they put me in charge of looking after all the uh, flooded area in Oxley and Sherwood. The church wasn't there, had people calling me, we lost a good friend and one night, I thought uh, Jackie was being attacked on our front yard by a man I ran outside and this guy was molesting a a young girl I managed to push him off and chase him away whole set of circumstances bang 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 bang. we're repairing the house I walk into a shop and they needed me to pick a light do you think I could pick a light I'm going like this (sighs) panic attack I said, baby, hey, we've got to get out of here. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I, I, just, I, I don't get it. The fear had come into my heart, and I didn't even know it had snuck in. So I understand those experiences, folks. But I had, to, I had to come back to the Word of God, and I had to stand on the Word. And I had to have someone help me process that. And I said, God, you've got to help me. I've got to get over this stuff. And I started to stand on the word. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me. That he's with me even to the end of the age. That he is my rock and my salvation. In whom shall I fear? He said I will protect you. He will say I bless you going in and you coming out. I filled you with my spirit for a reason he says. You declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. And slowly, slowly, slowly... Never had another panic attack in my life. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to be immune from that because there's stuff in life that goes on. But I tell you what, if it does ever happen, I know what I've got to do straight away. Straight away. We stand on the Word because it's the truth. God wants us to have peace in our life. Amen. Amen. And if you've, you're finding it hard in some circumstance this morning, I would love to pray for you. There's a whole stack of people who will pray for you. We just want to give you that opportunity by faith to take that step. I'm going to come against. I'm going to overcome fear. It manifests in so many different ways. There's, there's just too many. You might be afraid of going to work tomorrow. God doesn't want you to be afraid. You might be afraid that you've got to speak to someone. God doesn't want you to be afraid. You might be afraid of, you know, what's going on God doesn't want you to be afraid if you're watching online this morning I want to pray for you right now if you're experiencing fear because God doesn't want you to fear Heavenly Father I pray for those that are watching this morning Lord that your spirit would come upon them and you take the sting of fear out of their heart and out of their mind and Lord that they would begin to stand on the word of God And that confess the word of God. Because this is how we overcome the enemy. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us online this morning. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.